You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. That one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Andre. Hello, Matt. I can't see you guys. This isn't fair. I know. We Well, it's because I have my, my little studio set up at home, and uh, mm. Michael and I, we still haven't completely finessed things. We're sharing a microphone, which is why things sound a little off today. Um, Michael and I, we are joined by Matt Cause. Uh, TSN broadcaster, but that's not what most people listening to this podcast would know you from. You're from Matt Talks Wine with Interesting People and Stuff. Of which I just became interested. Wait, 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 wait. How badly did I butcher the name of the podcast? You butchered the name the way I butcher about 90% of my guests. It's it's Matt Talks Wine and Stuff with Interesting People podcast. And and I became interesting, uh, finally, on number 152. Which is really funny, right. Matt, because I was looking. Where's 151? Oh, did I label it wrong? Yeah, I think you did. So I was, I was, in, I was so interesting that I got, I got even bumped more. He was like, I can't make him 151. Got to make him 152. Well, and that's the thing too is I've been, uh, I've been on the pod, on the pod, what, like three times now. That's right. Now I'm yeah, hurt. I think you hold the record. And now I'm, I'm I just, I realized like Michael and I are jerks. Like you're someone, you're a man about town. You really know your wine. Um, I've been a long fan. You and I, we worked together at Bell Media together, so we were always chatting about wine in the hallway. And, like, this podcast has been a thing for a while, so, uh, you know what, Michael? Shame on you and shame on me, but more shame on me, because we had the opportunity to get you on. So, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us, Matt. No, no worries. Listen, love it. Love the work you guys are doing. Love the wine you're making. Love the content that uh, that Pink is, uh, is doing. And I recommend everyone to listen to, to our episode together. Where it uh, it was a lot of fun. That was a fun time. It devolved into uh, wine splatter. That's kind of what it was. <laughs> like you had a list of questions, and I and I I purposely, I guess, went about making sure you never asked me any of them. There's so many. There's so many. Went to the cutting room, like the the real serious questions and things like that. But we got to some real stuff about influencers and and uh, and about Niagara wine. But yeah, a lot of it was just. Uh, uh, bleeps and giggles. Well, I, well, what I hope is that uh, by uh, number uh, three hundred and four, I finally become interesting again. We can do part two. So, um, of course, you know, I'll probably. I was going to say I'll mislabel it as three hundred six. Sorry, right. Andre. No, that's all good. So, um, speaking of interesting, uh, you know, Michael. Somehow, over the course of this year in particular, we found a way to become more topical and. We're generally having people on when they actually have something interesting to talk about rather than the nonsense we did prior to 2023. And Matt, you did something that um, I, it's on my bucket list, even as um, a larger dude who is trying to be healthy. Uh, but you ran the Madoc Marathon. Sorry, I was just thinking of Andre doing that. <laughs> I will tell you, if you ever wanted to do a starter marathon... In one way, it's a great one because you can, you will go through twenty two different vineyards, and you know, like uh, you'll go through some second growths and things like that. They'll pour you wines, not not the good stuff, but they'll still pour you tasty wines. So it's a great first marathon because no one expects a personal best, but you're still in wine country and it's hilly, and the beginning of September it is hot in the Madoc. Can so you, so can, you, can you walk it? No, there there still is a, if you don't finish by this time, they kick you out. Like, 
your bombing at uh, at uh, the show at uh, the Apollo at the Apollo Theater, where they get the, the you know the wooden run. hook and you get taken off stage. Um, no, you can't walk it, but you don't need to. I did not jog uh, all forty-two kilometers. So, Matt, let, let me start at the very beginning. Why? Why did you decide to do this? Why was this something you wanted to do, and uh, and how did that come about? I've done a lot of marathons, but I this won't shock anyone. Once I got my uh, WSET diploma degree, and once you start studying wine, um, cardio sometimes takes a back seat. It is hard to be in great shape as you are studying wine. So. I remember I did the Niagara Marathon soon after I got my diploma, and then soon after that I didn't run anymore. And I always wanted to run one at, at least one more marathon, and that one was sort of always on the bucket list, same as you, Andre. So I decided, okay, I need to run at least one more marathon before I'm fifty. What's going to motivate me running in in the Madoc? And also, it was a way to weasel my girlfriend to go back there again. She travels a lot, but always likes to go to new places. So it was a way for me to get her to go back to uh, Bordeaux a second time. That sounds great. Um, just for curiosity's sake, because Matt, like, no offense, I know that you're a sports caster, but I have a hard time picturing you. And you're, listen, you're certainly in better shape than me. Before I, I make this or, backhanded or question, but like, I have a hard time picturing you as a runner. Like, that's you don't have a runner's physique like what what's your personal best from one of the marathons that you've run before just for context here uh you didn't know me before i was in better shape and uh i'll take a little offense okay when you say no offense i'll take it i'll take a tiny amount but only a tiny like like seven percent i have uh before this i'd run six marathons all of them in under four hours two of them in under three and a half hours so holy crap what do you have to run the medoc in this one I was over five hours, but that's still not but, bad. But what's your, what, what's the what's the time they kick you out? I'm trying to figure out if, I, if Andre and I can do this. Like we walk really fast, you know that that kind of you see them in the on the movies and they're Ooh. you know wiggling the butts and everything like that. If we could pull that off, and I could make, walk. and I could make notes uh, in between, that'd be great. Yeah, that's funny. let's. Uh, you got about seven, seven and a half. You got about seven hours. And you said you, so. You said you didn't, but you didn't run all forty two. You said. No, but I, I ran more than enough so that I was going to make it well under the time. And and my thing was was because I I'd suffered a hamstring injury one hour before oh. one month, excuse me. Oh yeah, before, yeah. I suffered <laughs> yeah, a hamstring right, injury one month before the marathon, so uh, it meant I didn't stop and drink at every station uh, because sure. I was worried. So Andre and I will do, will pull the. Uh, we had a wine uh, injury, meaning we drank a lot the night before. Can we get away with that one? You wouldn't be the first or the last. So, Matt, I, I, I've heard from some other people, uh, like anecdotally, that one of the things about this marathon is that some people take the the the, the stops, the drink stations, the, the the stops in the vineyard as a challenge quite seriously, and it becomes a bit of a, a hazard to actually finish the the marathon. It, it, was that your experience? It wasn't mine, but that was out of fear. If I was in great shape, if I didn't have a hamstring injury. You better believe I would have stopped at almost all the uh, stations, and and it's like five kilometers, four kilometers in, you're you're going through, you know, somewhere in the Madoc. I forget which one it was, and yeah, there are people that stopped at all twenty two, and there's bands playing, and you could have a party. Like I I remember at um, at uh, Mont uh, Montras, and I, I'm sure I mispronounced it. I, I know I did. Um, you know, I I got tempted. I'm like, I want to stay here a little bit longer. But the problem is, once you stop running, it's hard to start up again. 
So, uh, but yeah, there are definitely the stories of people that uh, spent too much time. Also, the other funny thing is at a couple of the wineries, they don't have water. It's the only time <laughs> in my life I've, I've gone to a vineyard and I'm like, I don't want any wine. Do you have any water? And they're like, no, you don't. And then I just had to keep running. So I, I guess the uh, the question becomes, did you pay to get into this thing? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You do pay. Uh, it was like, I think it was like 50 euro uh, to, uh, to go in it. Oh, that's, that's it? It's nothing. Andre, we got to do no. this. Oh. <laughs> we're going to speed walk it. We're going to do this. No, I plan. Gonna, I plan on, on running. Like, Matt, we're going to come down with a case of the uh, ate too much. That's okay, but you did. said you said that you did it in five hours with a hamstring injury. I think you guys that, are leaning into this hamstring thing a no, little. No, but too that's the heavy. thing is, I think I think I could do like having never run a marathon before, but I still do long distance cycling from time to time. No, like my goal no. this summer, I went from no. um, from my home in Hamilton to Leaning Post and back, which no. something I didn't know is that. Hamilton to Stony Creek is all downhill on the way there. Oh. So my way home was all uphill. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I could do it in five hours. And I think... I, I think Andre's kidding himself. I think he's kidding himself. Oh, God. I, I, hate, I hate how this conversation is going. Because I'll, I'll be honest. Like, the conversation we're having right now is literally how the ADX wine company started. Where it's just like, is this a good idea? No, we should just do it. And then the next thing that happens so, is we so get a Matt, phone call. We get a phone call from Matt Cause where it's just like, hey, I've got a deal on plane tickets to Bordeaux. Are we doing this or what? And then the next thing you know, you and I are dragging our fat asses out to Madoc. Correct. And we're going to be running a marathon. Correct. Is this a good a idea in of, any way, shape, or form? Uh, Matt, just to see this, I think, I uh, just to prove him wrong, I would pay the 25 euros just to watch Andre go, yeah, I'm fine. And after five kilometers go, I don't know what I was thinking. Five is you'll be fine for five. Yeah, it's um, it's about halfway through. I think most people start to really. I uh, myself like I, I joked I was in half marathon shape, and somewhere around kilometer twenty five is where it got hard. Also, the race doesn't start till nine thirty in the morning. So the most marathons out. start earlier, so you don't have to experience as much of that hot sun. But yeah, the last seventeen kilometers was a grind but you have to that's when the mental side of running uh, long long distance and running you're, kicks and in. drunk for i would think half that if you're drinking every glass of wine they give you well, you're, just you're, just... you're sweating like uh, like rudy giuliani uh <laughs> in in the car park right you instead of red instead of brown you're doing red and just imagine too like the way your body would metabolize with your heart going like that like that's got to be the quickest way to have it like hit your hit your bloodstream is chug and i mean now that Robert Parker's completely destroyed the style of Bordeaux wine, we're all talking about like 14, 15% alcohol Bordeaux that you're drinking there. Nope. Took nine minutes before someone to take a shot at Robert Parker. I had bet the over, so I lose that one. Um, <laughs> I Everything is a I bet showed, for you, Matt. Everything is a bet. <laughs> I showed a lot of restraint. I only drank at eight of the 21, 22 different wineries uh, that were that were there. And and I did at the end have the, the sparkling... And an oyster, and then I uh, went to the oyster station. So I had a little bit of sparkling and an oyster at like kilometer forty. So I think uh, we should take a, a break here for a second. And uh, since you brought up uh, sparkling at the ten minute mark, Andre would like, and on I would like to tell you that the official sparkling wine for uh, for two guys talking wine is Valdoca. Oh yes, Valdoca, the sparklingest prosecco on the planet. That two guys talking wine really enjoy, and they, uh, they, as much uh, as we're doing this uh, tongue in cheek, it really is it really a, is a good sparkling, a great and, sparkling, and, and we, they they are sponsoring the podcast for the rest of this year. 
And I figured you brought up sparkling, so never a better time to mention about Italian sparkling Prosecco, available at the LCBO. Uh, and it's a party in a bottle. There you go. Valdocca. Valdocca Prosecco. There you go. All right. Now, what are you drinking, Matt? I see uh, we have you on camera. You do not have us. What are you, uh, what are you drinking? First off, that was such a professional read by both of you. And Michael just seamlessly just came in with that and out. It's almost like you're a professional broadcaster. Um, I'm, I'm doing the show. My, I did my radio show today from Niagara, acro- basically across the street from Henry Pelham. So we're going to do lamb chops later on. So I got a couple bottles of the 2020 uh, Family State Reserve Pinot Noir. So uh, so that's what I'm drinking right now. Color's pretty light. Like I said, you're on camera. We're not. The color's pretty light on that for 2020. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, by the way, good uh, good good eye by you, Andre, but not not a shock at all. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've only had a sip. I'm just kind of. I'm letting it open up a little bit. Well, and actually, earlier today, I uh, visited uh, Peter Gamble and Ann Sperling and was talking about the the On Seven project they're doing. And uh, Andre, you'll love this. Nine in the morning, got to drink some pretty killer Chardonnay, which was better than coffee. Yeah, I'm really really digging the the Chardonnay that they're doing at On Seven and. Um, Vittorio, did he meet Vittorio, the owner? Yeah, I met him once before. Yeah. Just like the, the, the raw passion, but the whole like commitment to not cutting corners and like really committed to the vision. And also like, I firmly believe that that part of Niagara should be under more vine for Pinot and Chardonnay. And we need to tear out all the Cabernet Sauvignon. Like in a year like this year, I harvested Chardonnay this week. We're recording this on November 8th. Where it just started to snow, by the way, in Niagara. I left uh, I left uh, St. Catharines, and uh, it was snowing. So and that's I, it. In a vintage where Chardonnay isn't ripening until November, I don't think Cabernet Sauvignon is going to ripen anywhere this year, even with really great vineyard management. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be stocky. It's going to be underripe, and I think really good producers are only going to make a tiny amount, and will have to turn the rest into either uh, rosé or or you know sell the grapes to someone. So we are, uh, we believe it or not, are drinking a uh, British Columbia wine, a uh, Laughing Stock 2017 portfolio, which we're doing in honor of you because Michael and I don't have a lot of uh, Bordeaux in our cellars, and the stuff I have is from Saint Emilion because of Cabernet Franc, and uh, we thought, well, how could we not talk about Medoc without uh, without having nice. a Bordeaux style uh, variety varietal in our glass? Well, what's uh, what's the blend on that fella? Well, that's a good question. Let me uh, pull it out here. I'll, I'll have to read it, Michael, oh, even no, with the reading glasses. I got the glasses here. Yeah, but it's on the fine print on the bottle. Oh, it's here somewhere. Give me a minute. So the, so for everyone who hasn't seen the Laughing Stock portfolio bottle, it's got like a stock ticker around it because the people who founded the winery were originally in finance. Michael, you've rolled over it like three times. I've got it already. <laughs> Aged for 20 months in barrels, 48% new and 52% older French oak. And the blend is... Yeah. 48% Merlot, oh, 32% Cabernet Sauvignon, 14% Cabernet Franc, 4% Malbec, and 2% Petit Verdot. So I think that high percentage of Cab Sauvignon Merlot would make this relatively on par with uh, with a Madoc wine. I th- I think you said it was Merlot first, so I'm still kind of leaning to the right. The but right, yeah. there's certain there, but 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 there's certainly there's Opadox and and Cubagois that that would have more Merlot than Cabernet. So absolutely, we can count this as a left bank. Yeah, it's it's eighty percent Merlot uh, Cab Sauve, uh, and it leans forty eight percent Merlot. So so okay, another yeah. thing that that like has me really wanting to do the um, the Madoc Marathon is um, costumes. 
I've seen photos of it that some people go all out in costumes. You bet your ass, even though I'm going to be in Bordeaux, that I would run the marathon as Captain Chardonnay in my uh, in my mask and cape just to uh, double down on, on that. But uh, any costumes for you, Matt? Okay, first off, you're in Bordeaux and you're Captain Chardonnay. Exactly. Like, Good. Captain Chardonnay Good. knows no borders. Captain Chardonnay yeah. should learn uh, that in Medoc, uh, they're going to laugh you out of there. Out of the place. Yeah, like you can be sidekick Savignon Blanc, Super Simeon, <laughs> but we can't have you as Captain Chardonnay. <laughs> but I'm always Captain Chardonnay. Well, I like sidekick Simeon. Yeah, by the way, horrible wine jokes by me there. Uh, yeah, everyone dressed up. Uh, I just did the simple one. I dressed up as a chef, but there's people dressed up as food. There was um, intricate costumes. There was one where they, they four people would be pushing a giant dining room table that they had you know, glued onto the table, but wine and food and everything. Like for you got from really, really, what's that? For the 42 kilometers, they were dragging a dining table with them. Well, they had wheels on it. So it was like they were pushing it. So it had wheels, but yes, it still was pretty yeah, it damn it impressive. Only make, it only makes sense if it's mechanical. Like they, they, they flick a button on the, on the back or on the bottom and it become, it becomes self-driving. I cannot imagine running with a table. Pushing it and, or pulling it. Well, and what made it harder is, unlike a lot of marathons where you're on a paved road, you're running through vineyards. So sometimes you're on gravel, you're on loose stone, pebbles. Uh, you had every different running surface, including, you know, just flat concrete when you were going through the town of Madoc. But yeah, it would be way harder considering uh, the different topography you had to run through. I can't imagine even doing that. Well, yeah. we're doing it next year. Isn't that what we were talking about, Andre? Whether you like it or not, neither one of us would 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 survive a marathon. I think, sign up now. I think I could. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, guys, sign up now. There gets to be like a massive waiting list. Find out if you're ever gonna do it. Uh, you gotta you gotta get in early. The waiting list is like thousands and thousands. Everyone wants to run this marathon. And and is it like uh, when you're on the waiting list, or or when you do sign up, is it first come first serve? Or is it a, uh, a you know, everybody signs up and then on, like, January 1st, they pull lot lottery tickets and, and you know, you're in, you're out. Kind of like the Boston. Yeah, it is, it is more of the lottery system. I was lucky I was able to get in through media, uh, just doing the podcast. So, so that's going to play a part. But wait a minute, guys, I just realized there's not just the Bordeaux Marathon. There's ones in Chablis, in Beaujolais. The only problem is... Bordeaux is relatively flat compared to some of the other areas, but there, Alsace, there is marathons in almost every famous okay. European but, wine but zone. To be, but to be fair, like the reason why we're having you on the podcast is, is the Medoc Marathon, though, is like the one that is the famous wine marathon. Correct, but it's I, great. It's like I mean, it'd be great to run a marathon in Chablis, but like you wouldn't be running the marathon; you would be running a marathon. So, like, I fair. appreciate this the sentiment, but like you did. The marathon, but I think a, a good one in in Beaujolais would probably be a little bit easier. That wine's a little bit lighter. Um, yeah, yes, but but I, we're, this is where I don't think the alcohol content of the wine is going to have any factor in when you see how hilly Beaujolais is. Like it is not going to be a flat marathon. Jeez, Andre, you keep thinking you're going to run a marathon. Like I know people <laughs> who run marathons, not just Matt. There is no way you run a marathon. There's no way. There's no way. I think I could do it in five hours. I think uh, it, after five hours, you'd be dying and lying on the ground. That or you'd just take into a party. You'd get into one vineyard and you'd go, hey, there's a party here. I'm not going to make it. I'm staying here. I don't like that I'm being goaded. Matt, are you seeing what he's doing to me here? Like, like I, 
I totally see it. it. It's great. It doesn't matter how old we get as men. We just revert back to our great seven selves. All right. So Matt, was it, was it worth it? And I guess the, the thing is, um, like how seriously do, do people take the marathon? Like, is this the sort of thing where if you were a hobbyist, like, let's just say I decided to buckle down and train for the next eight months. And like get a, like into, a fat podcaster. Yeah. Like would, would a fat, fat podcaster be able to place, uh, Running a running a marathon like that, or um, would it something where there's a bit of camaraderie, just given the, um, the 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 pomp and circumstance around the wine industry that comes with this marathon? If you took it seriously, your eight months, I think you could do it. Um, I would recommend. Actually, you're in Hamilton. I would recommend you do the 30k across the bay, because it's not just about the physical side. A lot of it is about the mental side. About when your body is starting to break down, how do you keep going? How do you keep going? And I apologize because this sounds like cliches, but if you really train, put in the eight months, um, did run a couple times, run a couple like at least 25, 30K runs just so your body gets used to it, yes, you could do it. And then the other piece of advice is don't stop at all 22. There's going to be plenty of wine everywhere. Trust me, you'll, you, you, you can't throw a stone without hitting a glass of wine. Did you meet anyone who did stop at all twenty two? Yes, I did. I, I uh, we met a couple people, a couple crazy British people uh, that did stop. Uh, they were probably about fifteen years younger, in way better shape. They were going to be doing the Berlin Marathon uh, like a month later. What but was, yeah, I did. See, I did meet some people. What were the before and after interactions with them? Did you talk to them like before, like we're going to do all twenty two, and then talk to them after, and and was it like? And did you record it? No, this, these were more conversations I was having, like, uh, with people during the run, and then more the camaraderie w- was at the end. You know that that was where everyone was talking more, and you know there was tons of us uh, going to and back because uh, we were staying in Bordeaux, so we had to take like the forty-five minute bus ride to uh, to uh, Polac. Uh, so uh, it was mostly afterwards where the camaraderie came. But I certainly had some nice conversations with people on the run as everyone is sort of cheering you on and you're cheering other people on. And, and you know, you're just trying to lift up the spirits when you can see someone is limping or slowing down or, or in, in obvious pain. And so I guess the question becomes, how did you train for this marathon? Like you were telling us to get out there for eight months and, and do stuff like that. So did you go out, run like uh, 25Ks and then have your wife at certain stops uh, have a bottle of wine you had to down? <laughs> or what? Or what was what was the deal there? I love it. I love it. Like properly training, where I have someone waiting with with glasses of uh, Merlot and Cab. And you'd say, no, I, I need training... some water, and she'd go, No. Yeah, ne pas de oh. Yeah. I think that's water in French. <laughs> God, I'm bad at French. Um, I I just did my normal thing, where like five six months leading up, you start training, you ramp it up. My problem was I forgot that I was 48. So I wasn't stretching nearly enough. So about five and a half weeks before the marathon, uh, I was doing like 18K runs and they were fine. Like I wasn't feeling any pain or anything. And then I just, I just, you know, I put a bit of a tear in my hamstring and then I immediately did uh, almost every day I could massage therapy. I did, um, what's that when needles are in you? Acupuncture. Um, What's that? Acupuncture. Yeah, so I was doing dry acupuncture. I was doing everything. Is that where you went and home then, and just put pins in your leg? Is that did you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, well I that's how they can. Right. <laughs> that's how they deal with the pain. 
And then all I did was a week before the marathon, I was able to bang out like 15 K where I felt fine. So I, I did not go into this marathon in the best training or the best shape, but I knew that mentally that I'd be okay. And then physically it, it just meant it was about an hour and 15 minutes where life wasn't the best. We're, we're, a, we're a cannabis country. Did you try that during your, uh, no, during your training? France. Oh, no, yeah, I'm we just saying when you, when you were doing it here, did you, when you were uh, trying to deal with the pain, uh, did you, did you do the cannabis? Cause you could do the cannabis no, marathon I'm, uh, where you could. You know. I'm mostly um, uh, opium or uh, or cocaine. I I stay away from the. Oh, the you're totally a radio guy. You've and, been around radio a long time. And, and those and, are your, your drugs of choice. And uh, did that uh, did that work for you? Helped you out? The only whites for me are Riesling and uh, Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I want to thank you very much for sharing your experience with the Madoc Marathon. Um, I guess we'll see what happens whether or not I get my uh, my crop together and and do that. Not. Like well, there is I'll... no way you run a marathon. Matt, join me here. Tell Matt, tell tell our good friend Andre he ain't running no marathon anytime soon. You guys soon. both watched me get into terrific shape during the pandemic. I can do it again. Uh, no. I listen, I, Andre. I'm not like Michael. I'm not an old Debbie Downer. I think you can do it. Also, I would like anyone who's into wine and stuff. I would recommend you're hanging. There is something so cool about when you're running and you look to the left and the right and you're seeing these gorgeous vineyards and you're passing by Latour and all these second growths and you're seeing the river and and the and before it starts it's a celebration and afterwards a celebration in the middle it's a celebration. I mean they know what they're doing yeah. and I could not recommend it high enough. Yeah, that's what a car is for. Oh my God, Michael, <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for giving us the time and a sharing your experience even. and. Uh, We'll definitely have you on the podcast. Actually, we're long overdue. You're someone who should come on for one of the Stump the Chump podcasts. You have a fantastic palate. You're a great lover of Ontario wine. I think rating Michael Seller is definitely in the books at some point in the new year. I'm glad he said that uh, that, that he said, uh, well, there was a part in there where if you had stopped, I was going to get very concerned. I did well last time. I, Michael, tell Andre, I did well with my call of the first wine we had. Well, Andre, I want Andre to listen to the podcast. He so far hasn't listened to it, so screw what? him. Yeah, that's right. I have time. I'm busy. I'm busy these days. Anyways. You can listen. Thanks, Matt. Matt's one of my favorite people in the wine industry. Uh, it, it's something where both of us, our formal education was in arts. Matt was, I don't know if you can tell, I think he's just a little theatric and logically ended up in radio, but he was a theater kid and I was a band nerd. I, I didn't. I didn't catch that he was a theater kid. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's no. Kind of well, cool when you, you know what? Me. Now that I think about him, we had him on camera here. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I don't know how serious we were about the marathon, but I guess we will. We will see. Um, but I think it's definitely like a, a cool. I'm glad that we got to talk to someone who went through it because, like, I've been enamored with this marathon when you see the photos of it, and I think it's really cool that Matt got to do that. I just, I just want to go to Bordeaux. I, 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 <laughs> I think, I think that would be fun. Uh, I do have a I do have a buddy. We, we we've had him on the podcast before, Christer uh, Bicklum. Yeah, he uh, from Norway. He, oh, we should get him to run the marathon with us. I don't know if he'd want to run it because uh, I know Christer. He's not much of a runner. Likes to walk. Uh, that's why I said if we could walk it, I think he'd be all for it. But uh, I don't think he'd uh, he'd be much into running. But uh, you know, we'd uh, put it this way: we would uh, drive to each vineyard with you. Uh, we would drink <laughs> with you, and then we would uh, drive to the next vineyard and uh, wait for you. I'm Andre Prue from underwinereview.ca. Follow me on social media at Andre Wine Review. There's been some uh, really cool stuff there, a nice mix of photos of my daughter and uh, Harvest, which 
uh, the day we're recording this. I, I guess Harvest is hopefully in most people's rearview mirrors, unless you're a Cab Sauve grower in Ontario. I, I was just down picking up some uh, picking up some wine, and uh, no, there's still there is still grapes hanging in Niagara. So that's uh, that's. I don't know what to say about that. Yep, subscribe, uh, leave a rating, leave a review. It definitely helps us uh, boost the podcast to get some more people listening to us. Patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. Been a while since I've said that. I know we've been uh, fortunate enough to have a few uh, sponsored and paid content this fall. But, uh, you know, it helps us keep the lights on, helps us uh, keep things going, hosting costs, equipment costs, etc. And uh, we, we appreciate every single one of you still listening to this podcast right now. Yes, we do. And I'm Michael Pincus of Michael Pincus Wine Review. Dot com. You can find me on social media as the Grape Guy, mostly. Um, yeah, you know what? I even I even just bought the Grape Guy. Dot, I don't remember now. Dot ca. Dot com. You're having a seniors moment. I, think. I am. Can, can, and you know what? Maybe if I, it's time to go to bed. Maybe if I just wrap it up. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.